Life Audio. Welcome to The Bible Never Said That. I'm your host, Shara Donahue, and we are currently in a series called The Bible Out of Context, where instead of popular sayings that conflict with strong theology, we are looking at Bible verses that people use outside of the context they were intended for. Today we will be looking at a proverb people are tempted to tell others, or even themselves, is a promise instead of using it as wisdom that God means to express a broader truth when they are struggling with children who are making choices God warns against. Have you heard Proverbs 22.6 spoken as a promise instead of a proverb? It says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I do understand the temptation to look at this as a promise, but this comes from wisdom literature. Remember, we've talked a lot about knowing what kind of literature you're reading when you're reading a book from the Bible. And Proverbs are meant to be read as principles that are generally true, but that does not mean that they are guaranteed. I may want a guarantee that my children will not stray from the teachings I have imparted to them. But if we view this verse as a promise and the child goes astray, one fallacious conclusion we will be tempted to believe is that the child's behavior is the parent's fault. The parent must not have taught them in the right way. And that's a heavy burden. Or there is an even more detrimental false conclusion that we could come to, that God's word is not true. And we need its truth it is true. Now, I know there are bad parents, and I don't want to shirk responsibility in my own parenting, but I know plenty of wise and godly parents who have had a child turn from their teachings. Even in the Bible, we see Aaron, Eli, David, and a handful of good kings in scripture who all had children, went off the rails, and never returned. On the flip side, I also know many godly adults who had terrible parents, but chose to live differently than in the ways they were taught. Parents must do their best to embrace the responsibility that comes with parenthood. But they also need to keep in mind their children will go before God alone. We need to clarify the expectations for individual responsibility. Children grow up and become adults and will make choices for which their parents don't own the outcomes. Deuteronomy 24.16 says, Fathers shall not be put to death because of their children, nor shall children be put to death because of their fathers. Each one shall be put to death for his own sin. Then Ezekiel 18.20 says, The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. And 
in Romans 14, 12, we are given instruction that reminds us that each soul will have to give an account for their own actions. But the truisms of Proverbs do offer wisdom. When we look at the way that the book of Proverbs is constructed, the first nine chapters come in a more poetic form. Wisdom is personified. The reader is told to listen to the instruction of their parents and flee from the temptations of adultery. Then, Proverbs start to be listed in more of a list form of wise sayings in chapters 10 through 31. We can take the sayings found in Proverbs as wisdom that should be applied and heeded. Teaching your children in the ways that are right is intended to expose them to God's heart and purposes for their lives, and this will increase the probability of your children following the ways of God, but it does not promise it. The fact that Proverbs are not promises does not take away from the greatness of God's promises in the scripture, but instead it helps us to recognize that when the general truths don't apply hundred percent of the time that it is not God who failed. I think the structure of the book of Proverbs helps us to see this. Tim Mackey and Whitney Woolard from the Bible Project suggest that Proverbs 1 through 9 really serves as a prelude to the proverb literature, preparing you to hear the wisdom of the elders as the divine word. They say, It's important to appreciate this as you read the book, so you know that human wisdom isn't pitted against divine wisdom. Rather, the human word or human wisdom is the vehicle for the divine word. The two voices we hear in Proverbs 1 through 9 have been fused to help us understand that in the observations and sayings of Israel's human elders, we will hear echoes of the divine transcendental wisdom. We can trust Proverbs 9.10 when it tells us that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, because we recognize that godly wisdom has to come from knowing God. We look at Proverbs 3.5-7 and recognize that teaching our children that trusting the Lord with all their hearts, not leaning on their own understanding, and that acknowledging God in all their ways will help make their path straight. They need wisdom to influence the choices they will make. But we can't force them to acknowledge God in their hearts, where much of the spiritual life is rooted. This is why guarding our hearts, as stated in Proverbs 4.23, is so vital. When a child turns from the ways of God, we should hope and pray that they will return like the prodigal son. We can fervently plead with God that our children will not stray from the way that is right but we cannot make them walk in it as much as we might want to try. We want to be careful that we don't raise children that know how to display what looks like a life filled with the fruit of the Spirit while they are rotting inside with hypocrisy, the fear of man, or self-justification. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. 
Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Paul Tripp reminds parents that it is the roots of a tree that determine if it will flourish and that we can't staple fruit from other trees to make a tree look healthy. The very idea is ridiculous, but parents are often tempted to staple fruit by controlling behavior without addressing the heart, which is the root of the child's soul. Tripp says, our ultimate goal is that God would effectively and functionally rule the heart of our children. We are working in every parental encounter as his instruments to make this happen. We cannot be satisfied with the fruit stapling agenda of controlling behavior. There are definitely days that encouraging my children to walk in the ways of the Lord feels like an uphill battle, but I try to recall what it would have been like parenting myself at that age. And I know that they have to wrestle through their beliefs just like I did, in order to make them their own. I recently said to one of my four children, the last thing I want from you is an inherited faith. I want you to know Jesus. The words sprung from the core of my mothering philosophy. I was impassioned in the moment, and I saw the freedom that wrapped around the angst of my child as I said these words, that I really wanted her faith to be her own. I didn't want it to be mine. When it was clearly spoken, that I did not expect their faith to look like mine, but in fact, I wanted nothing more for it to be their own. It helped to set them free. Children are a heritage from the Lord, according to Psalm 127. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. In verse 4, But that psalm says nothing about this pain and this torture that we can experience when we release those arrows. I felt like God recently reminded me of when I took archery in college. My left arm during that time was constantly painted with bruises from the strings thwap against the arm that braced the bow. I had no way of knowing at the time that God would use 
this class to teach me something when I had teenagers. (laughs) But now as he instructs me, as I prepare to let loose my children into God's plans and purposes for their lives, I find myself needing to go through the same rhythm I did in that course. I find myself checking the site, adjusting my grip, embracing myself for a bit of a sting. The desires I have for my children include fulfilling careers, healthy relationships, and that they would just stop getting on my nerves. Okay, I'm kidding about that last one a little bit. But my greatest desire is that they know they are loved by God, that they would seek to love him back and that they would love others. And that's where I need to focus. I have to check my sights daily to make sure I haven't emotionally shifted where I'm looking at teaching them to go. My eyes, my mind, and my heart must stay focused on teaching them the way that is right. My children bear witness as I inspect my own sight and ask God to search me, search me, oh Lord, for any offensive way. As they observe my daily corrections, I pray that they will remember that if they are breathing, it is never too late to course correct. It's so easy to get distracted these days. The world is begging us to tend to the trivial. But if we instead turn our eyes to the author and perfecter of our faith, he'll give us the strength we need to persevere on the days when other goals look easier to hit and more appealing. I've noticed also that the tighter I hold to these souls of my children entrusted to my care, the more the tension between us increases. Yes, they are still at a point where God has placed me in their life to guide them spiritually, emotionally, and financially. But with each sign of growth and maturity, I need to adjust my grip of control over their lives. I try and teach them to evaluate the choices in front of them. I advise, but also let them begin to choose because as adulthood approaches, they'll be making their own choices soon enough. So I'm not letting go completely, but if I put too much emphasis on my grip over their lives, I may make it more difficult for them to find authentic faith in Christ. Authentic faith is often forged by living out the consequences our choices bring. And sometimes that means letting our kids walk through the flames of their own poor decisions. Now hear me clearly, I don't want my children to suffer. When they are hurting, I ache with them. My instinct is to tighten my grip, but often all that is really needed is an adjustment. I can try and squeeze and grasp for control over their their life that is not my own, or I can trust my children to the tender care of Jesus. Like I said earlier, I allow them to wrestle with God and pray that like Jacob, this is how they will walk away, changed and blessed. Those long-heeled bruises from my archery days could have been avoided if only I had prepared my arm with a bracer. But, you know, I was in college. I didn't have enough money for anything extra. (laughs) But these bracers are intended to protect. I just didn't put it on. 
They're seen on the arms of Amazon princesses and Olympians. And there's no sense in shooting a bow with arms unprotected. There is also no reason to think that we are ready for parenting without being equipped by God. Ephesians 6 opens the doors of God's armory for us, including the shield of faith. And it is in faith that we trust God with the choices of our children, the lives of our children, and even the deaths of our children. We have to place every bit under his protection. That is what guards us against the snap of the choices they will make that are different than we would have designed. The times when they might wander into the wilderness. Maybe they will choose as we would hope, but if they don't, we are already guarded and assured that God will be our help and protector. So, as we ready to release our children into the world, we set our eyes on Jesus. Acknowledge that children must differentiate from their parents in order to find God's purpose. And then we beg God to show himself. Because once they truly see him for all he is, they won't be able to look away. Before we wrap up, I hope you understand that parenting is hard. And if you are in the midst of watching a child run after their own ways, I want to pray for you. Because I know that heartache is heavy. Jesus, be near to those who have had to watch as their children turn from the ways they taught them. Comfort them in their heartache and let them be assured that their child is not out of your sight. I ask for those children that are far from you that you would speak to them clearly. Interrupt their agenda with your own and call them to you. Lord, please move miraculously. Please make it clear to these children that they need you and you alone can meet their greatest need, the salvation of their soul. May they run to your arms and never look back to the far-off places they once sought solace in. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My book recommendation this week is Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family by Paul Tripp. It is more of a biblical worldview of how and why we parent than practical tips for daily problems, but it encourages parents to view parenting as God views parenting and has great truths worth considering. The verses, articles, books found in this podcast today can be found in the show notes at lifeaudio.com slash podcast or on iTunes. And thank you to those who have rated and reviewed this podcast. It's helping others to find us. And if you haven't reviewed, we love to hear what you think. And until next time, may you seek the abundant life that Jesus died to give and live in the truth that sets people free.
Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.